Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here. I'm here with Jocelyn Saylor. Welcome to the podcast, Jocelyn. Hey, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit about you. But listener, if you are at all interested in school social work, if you are wanting to get into this field, if you are in this field and you want to learn more about what this looks like and the nitty gritty of it, then you are in the right place, my friend, because Jocelyn Saylor is a licensed clinical social worker and a school social work coach, which we're going to get into this. I'm very excited about this in Connecticut. And she's the owner of the School Social Work Solutions a mental health brand that empowers, educates, and provides resources to school social workers and social work students. Jocelyn created the first planner for school social workers, the School Social Work Solutions Academic Resource Planner, which currently is in its third installment. And I will say, Jocelyn, this is the most beautiful planner I've ever seen in my life. So if Thank you are you. a school social worker, oh my gosh, you got to get your hands on this planner. Ask your boss to buy everyone on your staff this planner. She only has a little bit left. So make sure you get your fingers on this. Anyways, welcome to the podcast, Jocelyn. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about like who you are and you know what do you do on the day-to-day you know, as are you currently working as a school social worker? Talk to me. Yes. So I do a a lot of things. (laughs) So on top of being a social worker, I am first a mom and a wife. Um, I've been married for now seven years. Tomorrow's our wedding anniversary. And I have two beautiful little girls. But as far as career wise, my full time job, I am my title is district social work coach. And we'll get into like what that really means. Um, and then my business is School Social Work Solutions, which is a two-pronged business. So I have the Social Work Academic Resource Planners, which are perfect for school social workers, school counselors, and um, social work students, which you just shared. And then also the other side of my business is doing consultation to school districts to help them build the capacity of their school social workers. So I do different professional learning, whether it's virtual or in-person around various topics, social emotional learning, um, developing goals and progress monitoring as a school social worker, how to run effective groups, uh, and the list goes on and on. Um, In addition to that, I do do a little bit of therapy on the side, but mainly I'm working my business and working my full-time job. Wow. So you have like three full-time jobs going on here. You are a busy, busy woman. (laughs) I am. (laughs) All good things, though. All good things. And I love that you have a mix of macro, mezzo, and micro work within your job, you know, 
taking yes. those clinical skills that you've used and teach them to others and how to apply these to large scale systems. I love it. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you. That's awesome. So let, I want to break this down. What mm -hmm. is the difference between a school social worker and then a school social work coach? We'll start yes. first with the school social worker. What, what do they do? Okay. Uh, so school social workers generally are the individuals in the school that are supporting with the social, emotional well-being of the students so that they can then connect to their academics and be successful students in the academic realm. So we kind of help bridge that gap where students may have experienced trauma, they may have anger management issues, behavioral issues, and we're supporting in various ways. It could be through individual counseling, it could be through group counseling, it could be through consultation and collaboration with teachers and administrators, it could be through pushing into the classroom and doing different social emotional lessons to support the overall um, social emotional learning of that specific classroom. Um, we also are a part of IEP teams. So there may be some goals and objectives on a child's IEP that focus on whatever their social emotional deficits are. And the school social worker has to address those concerns through counseling. Um, and then there are, there are uh, I feel like, other various things school social workers can do um, to support the school culture and climate of the entire school building. So in comparison to being a school social work coach, this role, I think, is pretty unique to my district. There may be other school social work coaches in other states, but I don't think it's a very um, really like popular kind of title. Most people are like, oh, well, what does that mean? So uh, I can break it down in this way. So in my district, we have a director and assistant director. So they're at the top. We okay. have <clears throat> about five district social work coaches. So we're kind of right here in the middle. And then we have over a hundred school social workers. So we're playing kind of a meso role because the macro people are your director and your assistant director. We're meso, we're kind of in the middle. And then the micro role is going to be your school social workers in those specific schools. So as a district social work coach, each of us are assigned, um, I believe we're all assigned about eight or nine schools in our district. It's a huge district. And for each of those schools, we mentor and we coach the school social workers around crisis management, around how to run effective groups, um, going through our specific protocols and policies and documentation that we have to do as school social workers. And then when it comes to our relationship with the directors, so the directors have a lot of oversight. They want to make sure deadlines are met. Um, they want to make sure, you know, statistics are in, the billing and the progress notes are done. Um, how can we make our district better as a whole? And what does the professional learning look like? So we kind of are giving that perspective from the social worker, school social worker standpoint to the director and the assistant director. And we collaborate on really how to make the department better. In addition, we are also district-wide trainers for the crisis prevention intervention model, which is basically teaching de-escalation skills to different people in the district across the board. They could be security officers, administrators, social workers, behavior techs, various support staff, we as the school social work coaches, we facilitate those trainings so people are certified. We're actually certified trainers for our district. 
So we are dibbling and dabbling in all the different systems to support kind of the overall social emotional goals of the district. Wow, that is fascinating, Jocelyn. And also I wanted to mention, and I apologize, I was like distracted while you're talking, but I wanted to confirm that mm -hmm. the last time you were on this podcast was, yep. I, I don't know, a long time ago. We're on episode one, I don't know, over a hundred. Like two years ago, I think. Yes, your episode is 64. And this is still number two, like the number two most listened to episode. And so awesome. if you want to hear more about Jocelyn going into school social work, go back, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, go to episode 64. It's called school social work. And we break it down there. But I love this, this concept that your district has implemented around school, a school social work coach, because you're literally coaching the social workers. Yes. Yep. Coaching, okay. providing professional learning to them. Um, we're kind of like that crisis line. If they're in a crisis and maybe they don't know what to do, or maybe they're thinking, hmm, should I do this or should I do this? And you just want a thought partner. Then you call your coach and say, hey, Jocelyn, this is a scenario. This is what's going on. This is what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? And we kind of can problem solve the issue. And then they feel more confident addressing whatever that crisis is. Got it. So then what would be the difference between that and a supervisor? It well, it's very similar because usually the word supervisor isn't in the education kind of realm. There's not a lot of supervisory roles. It's usually like director, chief, coach, um, and then like regular educator. Instead of supervisor, my director switched the term to coach because it kind of just fits in kind of that education world. So it's kind of like it. a supervisor. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So then can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how do you work with all these different systems? It sounds like there's so many different moving parts. Can you just break mm -hmm. this down for us and, and give us, you know, maybe like one, what is the system's perspective and then how do you work within that? Right. Okay. So your system's perspective is when you want to think of, so macro is kind of that wider range of the entire system. Micro is working with your kind of specific caseload when we're speaking of school social work, right? So micros, you're working in that specific school with that specific caseload. And then that mezzo, that in between, you're interacting both with those individuals in the micro system and in the macro system. So I sometimes am a school social worker on a day that maybe a school social worker is out absent, I may go to the school and hang out for a little bit to support with any crisis management so that they have a mental health professional on the scene in case like a risk assessment needs to be done. But then on another day, I might be providing some professional learning to different um, district staff around de-escalation. So that's doing like more of the macro work. And then another day I might be in a meeting with my directors and kind of collaborating and talking about how we can make our systems more efficient for our school social workers to be more effective. So then I'm kind of in that meso role. So there's a lot of different aspects to the three layers. And I kind of, as a coach, kind of move between all of them, depending on what's the crisis of the moment or what needs to be done for today, if that makes sense. It does make sense. It does. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm also wondering, what would you say, you know, I have two questions for you, but like, what would you mm -hmm. say is the most challenging part of your job? 
Mm, I would say the most challenging part is when I'm meeting with school social workers and I see all the things that are doing, that they're doing, right? And they're doing a great job at it. They're feeling super overwhelmed, but maybe they're behind on paperwork because when they're in the school building, they're trying to support the students. They're not doing the paperwork piece because like they're in it all day. They're doing crisis management. They're putting out fires. They're doing counseling. But then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't have time to do the paperwork piece. That's a struggle for me because I know how hard they're working. But then when I'm meeting with my directors and assistant directors and they're like, well, why hasn't the social worker, um, you know, done their progress notes and their billing and their statistics. And I'm trying to explain that, you know, they're really in it and they're trying to do what's best in that moment. They're kind of like, um, well, but this needs to get done. You know, we need statistics to prove that the work that our social workers are doing is valuable. So it kind of puts me in a challenging place where I'm trying to support the social worker. But then I do also have to enforce that even though you're super busy, you still have to do this. So that is challenging because I know what it's like to be in the school um, and you're working so hard. And then there's still additional things that you have to do around the paperwork. So that can be a challenge because I don't really have any power to change that. Right, right. And that's a challenge across the board. And I feel like most social work jobs that you're working directly with people Mm -hmm. that, and I just try to remind myself, you know, there's always going to be people who need help. Yep. There's, there's not always going to be a you, right? So you are replaceable. And if you really like your job, you need to figure out how to set that boundary yes. in your work or your time with your clients mm-hmm. and do what needs to be done so that you can show the people with the money, right? Let's yeah. be real. Show the people mm-hmm. with the money that you are working, that your mm-hmm. clients are changing, that it this is working, right? That yes. they do need to be here. And yep. so for me, it took me a long time to just be able to, to, internalize that because I'm thinking helping people is so much more important. Well, you're not going to help them if you're not there. And if the program can't prove that you are helping them. Right. Yeah. Very true. Very true. I would say another challenge too, Catherine is so we have our director and our assistant director. And so one of their roles is to help explain the role of the school social worker to other district leaders like administrators, principals, assistant principals. They do a lot of professional learning with them about how you can best utilize your social worker. So they, get all that training. Mm-hmm. so they get all that training, right? But then when they're generally back in their schools with their social workers, they have their own school agenda. Right. So maybe there's a lot of absences and they're asking a social worker to cover a class when they could be meeting with a group of students who are struggling. Um, Or maybe they need a social worker to cover, I don't know, let's say lunch duty because this educator is out. But during lunchtime is when they meet with their students. So it's almost like um, these competing priorities. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions 
and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses, including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an Introduction to Suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Um, that the social worker has to deal with because you have your priorities from your department, but then you also have these additional priorities, put it in air quotes, from your administrator because they have their specific agenda. And this is no fault on the administrators. I get that standpoint too. But that can be such a challenge to balance those two things because you know the things you need to do, but then there's these things that your administrator also wants you to do. And so it can, it can be a challenge. It can be a struggle. Right. So how do you advise people who are in that situation? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say making sure that you have some time to meet with your administrator to truly define with examples what the role of a school social worker is. Um, And also inside of my planner, I have two pages that really break those things down to help school social workers explain their role to others to help it make sense a little bit more. I would say in addition to that, get support. Make sure whoever your director is or whoever your overseer, your supervisor is, has a connection with your administrator who can also support all the things that you're saying. Um, So they're getting it from another source as well. Um, I would also say having strong boundaries, knowing when it's appropriate to say no. Um, If it's something like, oh, can you cover this lunch duty? Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do that today because I have a group that I'm running and these three students have IEPs and I actually legally have to meet these minutes per week and this is the only time I can meet with them. So being able to say why you're saying no with an explanation that's going to be acceptable and that sometimes takes a lot of practice. When you're brand new, you may not have the confidence to say that, um, but practicing and talking to other people Um, to get support on how to really communicate about your role. Yes, that's beautiful. I love that. And I know that there are a lot of people listening right now that are like, yeah, so these are the words that I needed. So thank you Mm -hmm. so much for for sharing that. Um, So, and then the other thing too, you know, kind of talking about documentation and all of the things that we're balancing, I just couldn't help but think of how this planner, the way that it's set up, Mm -hmm. really, I imagine would like help tremendously with documentation because it allows you to go in there, be very detailed about your day and take notes. So that way, if you do happen to get behind, Mm -hmm. you do have these notes to kind of prompt you and say, oh, okay, you know, that's what happened. And so it's not, you're not just sitting there with a blank page. Like, what did we talk about? I don't know. 
Absolutely. And that was one of the reasons that I created the planner is because I didn't have a resource as a school social worker that I thought supported all the work that I did. So I've always used a planner and I was using a different planner that was specific to therapists and it was amazing. But um, during the pandemic, I was home, I had that planner and I'm like, geez, I wish this planner had an area where I could write my call log, all the calls that I get a day. I wish I had an area where I could calculate my statistics of the different types of children that I'm dealing with and the staff that I'm collaborating with. I wish I had an area where I could write down all the collateral contacts, such as like therapists or child protective workers or probation officers that are working with a specific student. Just like one place where I had all of this information. So I'm going to blame it on the pandemic. I, all these creative ideas started coming out. And then I literally got into a Google Doc and just started typing it and kind of drawing out how I would want things to look in the planner. Um, and then I invested in myself and I took a workshop and learned how you can actually create a planner once you have the idea, like all the steps to take to do it. And I did it. And I'm so glad I bet on myself because we're here today and I believe I've sold the planner in 47 states so Ooh, far. Congratulations. Yes. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. I love the resource section in there. So many great tips and tools to use, including like safety planning um, yes. and, you know, a little snippet from uh, the Rise directory, which I yes. loved. People uh, love that resource, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. It's about it's supervision topics. Right. So, yes. yep. and these, I created these based on the testing standards for the licensing exam. So mm -hmm. these are all topics that you need to know for your clinical exam that you should be discussing in clinical supervision. And if you're not, it gives you a tool to bring it to your supervisor that you can even show up to supervision meetings and, and go through this list and say, Hey, mm -hmm. I want to talk about you know, all of these things. So it's uh, super duper helpful all in one place. Absolutely. And I actually use it, Catherine, um, because one of the also kind of cool things about being a district social work coach is we all have LCSWs. So when we're having our individual coaching sessions with our school social workers, those hours count toward getting their LCSW if they have their master's level license. So I've used those topics before during supervision sessions as well. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I love this conversation, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for being here. And this is really great because uh, I'm just thinking, because I'm always thinking about how we can advance ourselves in our careers, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had so many people who've listened to this podcast, the episodes in the past, and they say, oh, you know, I, I listened to this episode before I went on this job interview. Mm -hmm. And I felt so much more prepared to talk about the types of situations that they were going to ask me about more prepared, yes. knowing what a school social worker does. So mm -hmm. if you, if you're going into an interview and you are here, that is amazing. If you know somebody who is going in for an interview, send them this episode, send them episode 64 that Jocelyn did on school social work, because it's going to make such a difference knowing how to communicate your understanding of a school social worker, the terminology that we're using in here, all mm -hmm. of these things are going to go to impress the interview interviewer. And if you're interested in a role like Jocelyn that she has, documenting what you're doing and keeping mm -hmm. numbers of the agencies that you're working with, of the numbers of students, of the numbers of assessments, 
that is a way that you can put the work that you're doing into numbers because HR yes. people, human resources, people who hire, they love to see the numbers. So if yes. you can say, you know, I just got my LCSW and over the past two years, I've done, I don't know, 500 assessments, right? Or mm -hmm. I've worked with, with a hundred different students. And they're yes. like, wow, you know that you're not new to this. And so it puts a mm -hmm. number to your experience. So I don't know yeah. if you have anything to add about how to use the planner to advance your career as well, or just keep track of like to qual quant quantify, there we go, quantify what you're doing. Yes. Um, so your example was perfect. So in the planner, there are statistics pages at the end of each month, and it breaks down um, some of the different things that you're doing as a school, school social worker. Um, so how many students who may be displaced or homeless have you worked with and referred to maybe the McKinney-Vental process or to um, some type of shelter placement? Um, how many IEP meetings have you attended this month? Um, how many teacher collaboration meetings? How many individual sessions did you do with students and how many group sessions? How many crisis interventions did you have to deal with within this whole month? So it really, as you said, quantifies your work stream um, and puts it into numbers so that other stakeholders can really see that, okay, school social workers are really valuable. If they've done a hundred assessments in a month, like, wow, we probably need more, you know? So it, it really makes people look at things in a different way versus saying, oh yeah, you know, my school social worker, she's great. She's helping students. That doesn't mean anything when it comes to money, right? They want to see the numbers. They want to see how effective we are within our work and how we're contributing to the whole school system overall. So super important to use that statistics page. Um, there's various resources throughout the planner. I would say another way would be um, all the months and the weeks are undated. So what I used to do is put what my schedule was for maybe on Monday. I put all my appointments. Instead, what I do now is I leave it blank and I fill in what actually happens. Because as social workers, we know that sometimes we set a schedule and it does not go the way we planned it to. Always have a schedule, yes, you have that template, but actually documenting what I'm doing has been more useful than me writing what my schedule is and I'm crossing it out, whiting it out. Nope, I didn't get to do that because I had to do this crisis management thing. So I leave it blank and I fill in what happens during the day. And then it makes it easier to add all those numbers up and put it into the statistics. Interesting. So, mm -hmm. That is a good little twist on how to use the planner. I love that. Mm -hmm. And one last question, because I know people who are listening, they want to know, how mm -hmm. do we get to do what you do, right? If we're interested yeah. in this position as a social work coach, we mm -hmm. want to know what kind of training, what kind of experience do we have to be licensed? How yeah. do we get to do what you do? So um, in my district, I can tell you the requirements. I'm not sure how it will go other places, but I'm assuming probably similar. So you had to have five years of school social work experience. You have to have an LCSW and then really good evaluations throughout the years that speak to your level of collaboration and leadership in your building. Those were pretty much the requirements. And then there was an interview process. Um, so if you are interested in becoming either a school social work coach or trying to create that position within your district, I would say you want to have those requirements as a backup. 
um, have some really strong clinical intervention skills and be able to show how your specific social work intervention has helped said number of children showing that data. Um, and what else would I say? Continuing to um, calculate those statistics, improving those numbers, showing that quantifiable data of how valuable you are. So those would be the main things. Okay, awesome. And I know as social workers, we typically don't like numbers, but they are yeah. necessary. And if this is you, I hear you, just do it, right? Don't avoid yeah. it because you're scared. Just do your best, track what you can. Mm -hmm. I promise it will make a difference because other social workers are not doing this. Unless right. you're listening to my podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you so much, Jocelyn. And where can people find you and connect with you? Um, so you can find me on my website, www.schoolswsolutions.com. And I am most active on my Instagram page, which is at School Social Work Solutions. I do have a TikTok page, which I don't post as much, but other people post reviews and I always repost them. And it's um, at SSW Planner on TikTok. Awesome. And I'll see you next week, listener. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including Clinical Essentials for the Future Therapist and the Pulse Basics for Medical Social Workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching, individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.